0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. And now the code was Fetch Me twenty for your first delivery free. Guys, they've changed it. I did not ask them to do this. It is now Zach 20. That, Whoa. That's how you know you've made it. As Justin Ferguson with ESPN 1067 joins us. Yeah, ZAC 20. There's no H. There's no K. ZAC 20 for your first delivery free. And also, you can use promo code 10 off one zero off for $10 off of uh, your order to three select uh, restaurants this week. And so, those three restaurants are... Man, I had it right in front of me. I had it right in front of me. Full Moon Barbecue, as well as Insomnia Steak, and then, gosh, there's a sushi one. There it is. Sushi Bistro. So, use 10 off for $10 off your order for any there. And so, of course, the folks at Fetch Me take care of us. We used it to get food delivered out to us. In Opelika on Saturday. I was hanging out with my uh, my parents because they wanted to see the grandbaby. And so, yeah, good times, good times. So use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. Justin, how are you, brother? I'm all right.
0: I'm all right. Uh, Just, (laughs) I guess it's another week, (laughs) another week of everyone sitting around figuring out, all right, are we going to do anything? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird because, like, the SEC came out you know last week, maybe a week and a half ago, and we're like we're shooting for the end of the month before we make a decision, so it's like, all right, so for the next two weeks, we all just get to sit and, sit and stare at each other until we figure out something might happen, something might not happen so it's great to be in the holding pattern as if we haven't been in a holding pattern for five months already right,
1: right what's it like having a birthday weekend like you just did <laughs> um during a pandemic? How was that
0: uh It was pretty good, like I don't make a big deal about my birthday um so you're not I a big
1: would, fan of being the center of attention oh i hate it
0: yeah i hate it so much Sure. so um yeah it was just you know hung out with uh with, with my family and that was pretty much it well, and cool. so well yeah. happy late birthday to you thank brother. you
1: thank you Uh, All right, so a few things that happened. A lot of this actually happened Friday, shortly after we put the podcast up, because, of course, that's how that works. Oh, yeah. Um, Brett McMurphy reported that the Southwestern Athletic Conference will announce that it is canceling its fall sports. He said they were going to announce it Monday, so um, that has not dropped yet officially at the time of us recording this. But, of course, Auburn was set to begin the season taking on the SWAC champions. Alcorn State Uh, certainly seems like that game will not happen.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's... It's getting to the point where if we have some sort of season in the fall, I think non-conference games are going to be pretty much out of the question. Because you've got some conferences not doing them and some conferences still haven't had decided yet. So, uh, yeah, no, no surprise there. A lot of these FCS schools, if you're not going to be able to get the paychecks from these bigger schools, it's going to be hard to have a season. I mean, it it, it takes a huge chunk of what they what they depend on to kind of make it happen. And that's what sucks. I think the most out of all of this is these FCS and some of these Group of Five schools are going to be really, really hurting because they depend on playing these paycheck games. And people hate watching them, and they cry, oh, we need to get rid of them. It's like, it's part of the ecosystem of college football. yeah, And
1: we're seeing the effects of it already. Right. So uh, that is a big bummer. Also, the SEC announced Friday the student-athletes who do not play during the 2020 fall semester out of concern for their health and COVID-related things will still keep their scholarship... um, that is a good thing. Uh, it's it's like the baseline
0: expectation, but
1: yes, it's a good it's good news it's whenever nice we that it's get put it out there, you know. right?
0: For sure, and and all the other pro- the professional sport leagues that are doing the same thing with their contracts. I mean, that's good. And you, I know they have to come out and say that because somebody, some conference or some league is going to try to pull pull it off and not do it, and it's going to be it's going to be real rough.
1: I think if somebody tried to pull that off at this point, I mean, and Painter's kind of talked about this on the show, and I'm sure you agree with them as you guys talk about it on the lunch break. But I think uh, I think public perception has shifted so far oh, in favor of yeah. the player at this point. Yep, yep. And so I think that's uh, I think that's something. It'll be that, fun that if that they try there. to pull it off.
0: <laughs> It'll be fun to see just the just the reaction that's going to be coming. Yeah, as way. far
1: as okay, cool. There's some content to talk about for five minutes at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. During this time, we'll take anything, including um, uh, Derek Brown getting engaged this weekend. Yeah that's exciting yeah. good very, for him very,
0: very exciting news and uh, oh also i mean it's probably not in your notes uh uh madden ratings dropped derek has got a pretty good st- starting point but where is he is he low 80 uh no he's high 70 he was 78 i believe it's so pretty good for a rookie pretty good for a rookie uh, that's also
1: what cam was
0: yeah i believe that was the other thing too is like cam newton having the same uh same rating as a uh, baker mayfield that, so- that's great
1: <laughs> so i uh i had two of my uh, best friends from birmingham come down and they, uh, they don't go to Auburn a lot. So, you know, they both graduated there. They missed it. So, like, hey, let's walk around campus. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Great for the baby. You know, whatever. Ha- absolutely. And uh, we, we kind of found our way over uh, by Jordan Hare Stadium. And I've got some uh, New England Patriot face masks. You know, yeah. we were just kind of holding them because we were outside. And uh, we tried to get it on Cam Newton's face. And mm-hmm. I was going to take a picture of it. Yeah. And, um, it's a lot. Bi- I've never actually walked that close to it, and it's a little taller than I was expecting. It yes, to
0: be. yes. And I was wondering how the ears would work in a, in, a, in th- statue form.
1: I think it would have. Uh, okay. I think I think it would
0: have. It's a tall statue. Though. It's big, and it's on the it's on the little razor too.
1: Right, right. And like, one of my one of my buddies, Ryan, who came down, he's like six, 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 seven, and like he still couldn't quite reach it. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: that's, that's up there.
0: Yeah, that's that's really up there.
1: That's up there. Another uh, another player that got engaged, um, Trevor Lawrence, this weekend. Yeah, I think it was Saturday down south. They like quote tweeted it and was like, "This is embarrassing for me to admit." It took me I had to read it like six times before I really got the the, that it was a joke. But uh, (laughs) it was like they quote tweeted like uh, Joe Burrow's son got engaged this weekend. Oh no! And I'm like, what? Joe Burrow doesn't have a kid that old. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's the joke. It's a joke. I missed it. Wow. All right. Well, we got some listener questions, and uh, right. some even mention you by name, Justin. Oh, and I didn't even put that out there. I mm. didn't even put that out there. So Yikes. we'll mention that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. First, want to give some love to our friends at Rock Auto. I am not a car person at all, so they make it easy. And also, I'm sure if you are a car person, it is uh, very fun to navigate the site and realize how cheap and inexpensive. A lot of these are. Brick and mortar stores, they can't carry all the parts, so they have to kind of carry and charge certain things for certain brands based on kind of what corporate tells them to do. Rock Auto is not that way. They're locally owned, and they are kind of set up to help you be able to find the parts for your car, truck, or SUV uh, and get it as cheap and easy to you as uh, as possible. So rockauto.com, right? Locked on. And then how did you hear about us, Box? Once again, that is
0: deserve equipment they can count on so find your local dealer today that's kabotaorangedays.com.
1: all right we got some lister questions 205-502-4285 you can text or you can call uh, these three are text questions Justin all right. says hey man enjoy the show I just want to give my thoughts on Peyton Barber you know we talked about underrated guys I know that kind of carried over to the lunch mm-hmm. break a little bit uh, Peyton Barber was one of the guys on my list last week. I just want to get my thoughts on Peyton Barber. I don't think he was underrated because I think people are right to remember him as just being an okay running back. If you'll remember, Javon Robinson, that's a name I hadn't heard in a minute, was a much more talented running back and was really coming on toward the end of that year before his disciplinary issues. In the bowl game, I remember fans wanting Peyton to get a 1,000 because he was so close, but it was really struggling Javon was stealing the show. You might even say Javon was underrated even though his playing time didn't last very long. Thanks for what y'all do. Love the show. Also, what is the name of Painter's podcast with Justin Ferguson? Okay, so how, well, how about you hit on that last one first? Yeah, I'll
0: hit the last one first. Yeah, it's it's the Lunch Break podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can you can check that out. So, uh, yeah, it, it just search the Lunch Break. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on pretty much anything, or you can go to ESPNAU.com. It's an easy way to get uh, get it up
1: there. Perfect. Yeah, and as far as uh, Peyton, I- I'm really high on Peyton Barber, and especially you know the fact that he's still playing, and you know he got his contract with the Redskins, yeah. or they're not the Redskins anymore, the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Javon Robinson, I kind of forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, I-, I remember we what was it? we had like a-, a viewing period, and like Javon wasn't there, yep, right, and everyone's like. Oh, it's not a big deal. He just had class or something. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why did he have class in the middle of a practice? Why did they let him do that? He's supposed to be this, you know, the next stud running back, right? I mean, what do you remember about Javon? Uh, I will always remember Carl Lawson's uh,
0: press conference the day Javon got dismissed, which was the first week of the 2016 season, right before the Clemson game. Yeah, and. Carl did not. Carl answered every question with Javon got dismissed today, like he said it every like anytime you want to ask like you know how did the team feel about us, like what was your response he would just go Javon got dismissed today and just like lean back and then we did it about five or six times and we were like all right never mind yeah he, we're, we're not getting that I that. always remember I was I'll, I'll always remember Javon got dismissed <laughs> today um but no it Javon Robinson like. The whole thing about him coming out of high school and the whole the grade thing and coming out of Memphis and it was just like it was a mess. Like he literally was at practice one day and they were like, "All right, now you can't be here anymore." And then he had to go to JUCO and Auburn fought hard to get him back. He comes in, he had some injuries, he had some he had some off the field issues.
1: And they so he have, never he, like a he bad never ankle, got, ankle right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He had a, this like this nagging ankle injury. It's like the longest ankle injury of all time. And in
0: fifteen, like every time he like got anything going, it'd be like, oh, well, he, he suffered another setback. And so in his place, Peyton Barber came and made this run. And my thing about Peyton Barber is, I do think he's underrated because a, what he's been able to do in the NFL as an undrafted guy is pretty yeah, impressive. Right, shows the talent. And number two, you got to think Peyton Barber was kind of like that offense was a disaster for the most part. In 2015, and Peyton Barber still got a thousand yards. We talk about how Trey Mason got a thousand yards in that 2012 season. Yep, it's it's an accomplishment in 20 2015 too, because that offensive line wasn't wasn't nearly what it was the previous two years. The the quarterback situation, of course, was obviously rough, and so there was all this attention on the running game, and yet he still got it, got it out like that. And it was a guy that nobody really thought was going to ever be a star at Auburn. Yeah, and he had that were one really good year. He jumped on the opportunity, and even though he didn't get drafted. Started getting money and look, man, like he's he's made a made a pretty decent uh, early career in the NFL out of it.
1: Yeah, and it was one of those situations, and it seems like this happens throughout college football, and it's happened a few times at Auburn that I can think of, where. You're like, why did they leave? Why did they leave early? And then he had this powerful press conference. I think it was at the scouting combine where he talked about his mom and he was doing it for his mom. And, you know, he wanted to you know, buy her a house and all that stuff. He been like, homeless, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's that's powerful stuff. Like, there's more. Like these guys are more than just football players. Oh
0: yeah, and, and like you don't even have to get drafted to to see the benefits of it. It's just right. I want to go play
1: professional football now, and I feel
0: like any money at that point would would have worked for him, and it did. And you know, not only did he that, not only did he get that opportunity. He's been able to parlay that into into another contract.
1: All right, we got another question here. 205-502-4285. Text it, call it, do whatever you want. Y'all should start including Zavian Capers more in all discussions about who can realistically get playing time at wide receiver this year, like you guys did some last week. I think he will go down as the best most natural wide receiver in his class, well, first thing you can't talk about Kobe Hudson without somebody saying he's a natural wide receiver. So I don't know <laughs> if he's the most natural wide receiver in this class, but Zvian Capers is a guy that you know. I, I admitted this last week, and Michael did as well with me. I don't think I've been giving him as much props as I probably should. I do yeah. think he's a candidate for early playing oh, time. Oh yeah,
0: I think all the, I think all those young wide receivers, and we talked about it a little bit on the lunch break last week because I think we had a conversation. Painter and I did about wide receivers, and it's like, all right, who's going to come out as a true freshman and play? And it's like anyone who if you're assuming there's going to be a season this year anyone who steps up with Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stove they got to have more guys especially with the Chad, Chad Morris coming in and all that and so Cubby Hudson I think gets an advantage natural wide receiver he's 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 a really good i mean he's a really good athlete he does a lot of things really well he's got that quarterback background which yeah. will which will really help him out as well and he's the only one who enrolled early so while these guys have, it's That's been a good a, point. It's it, you know, especially with this off season, they weren't able to practice. But getting in the playbook, getting to know your receivers, getting to know your coaches, he got he got a little bit of that advantage. He was the highest rated guy in that in, in that group. But yeah, the other three guys. Remember, Kobe Hudson is the anomaly of the group because Auburn went into the last last recruiting cycle and said we got to get size of wide receiver, we got to get length, we got to get people who can who can make some plays downfield. Because outside of Seth Williams, you don't really have that guy anymore. Yeah. And so you have to build that next up. So they get a bunch of six three six four guys. Capers is one of them. Uh, JJ uh, Evans is one of them. Um, and, then, and then, of course, uh, you know. Yeah, you, I mean,
1: you can get a guy like Brandon Frazier, though. It's like, you get a you guy know, like Brandon Frazier. It's, it's, you, you know, Elijah you can do Canyon. Things with him, sure. or, Elijah
0: Canyon. Like, we were talking about this the other day. Canyon, the lowest rated of those guys, but he brings that height with the fact that he is a blur. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he probably is the fastest of those receivers.
1: Sprinter. Faster, Faster than Hudson?
0: Probably faster than Hudson. I'd love to see those two guys race, That'd be but fun. like he's yeah. got that sprinter background. He comes from the same school as Sean Shivers did, so all those dudes are gonna have have a weapon. But yeah, Capers is like he's one of the guys. When you put him on film and you watch him, you're like, oh wow, you can see like he's got a lot of I think a Seth to his game where it's like if he can kind of refine those skills, he could be a real problem in the SEC.
1: I saw the uh, men's track and field team. They uh, posted about Sean Shivers today it is his birthday. Mm-hmm. Shivers hates me on social media now, but mm-hmm. but uh
0: <laughs> we had a tu- we had a tussle one time too and his mom had to his mom had to like clarify for him and and like it, that was an interesting day on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now he'll go at you, which is fine. Oh, he yeah. has every right in the world to do that. Absolutely. Um he got mad at me though. I I said I pointed out that he deleted all of his auburn pictures on social media, which was true, but I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> he, uh, Whatever. That's he, fine. He,
0: he
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's fine. That was a day. A lot of people downloaded the podcast that day, so I, I, I do not mind at all. I do not mind at all. All right, we got one more listener question, and I got some more wide receiver questions for you, Justin, right. right here on Locked On Auburn. 205 502 4285 is how you can be a part of the show. This last question, I think it may be just a quick one here, uh, depending, unless you know something I don't. But does Kevin Steele have head coach ambitions? I know he was interested in that uh, Tennessee job not too long ago, a few years ago. Uh, I think that might have been a specific situation because, you know, that's kind of that's home for him. I mean, is there any chance that he leaves uh, this D.C. job for a, for a head coaching job? I
0: don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think this is it. I think this is the last last spot for him. And and one of the big sticking points in this last contract negotiation with him is that he, like Auburn giving him the moniker of being the highest paid assistant coach in college football was a big deal because – He's the most valuable assistant coach in college football. Yeah, you know we could talk about you know is he as good as Brent Venables or was he as good as Dave Aranda? We can talk about all that, but the fact is is that Auburn is not where they are. Gus Malzahn doesn't have his job without Kevin Steele. That's true. The last few years, and so yeah, I mean he's making good head coaching money. Like he's making head coach caliber money. What's he getting this year? Uh, I think it's like two point five. Yeah, I a, think
1: okay, two and a halfish. Yeah, there. so.
0: It, yeah, you know, there's a lot of places that's where you're going to pay your head coach unless you're going to be a head coach at like a major SEC program. And I think if Tennessee like that would could have been an option for him, but it sounded like it wasn't one that was like 100% all in on either side that they wanted to do, it. And so they went in a different direction. You know, he, he's done the head coaching thing before. And if you can make good money doing the stuff that you love and like doing some of the stuff you don't love, like not doing some of the stuff you don't love, uh, like some of the stuff that comes with being a head coach stuff that you know Kevin Steele isn't necessarily super fond of look you know, like I, just to be honest Kevin Steele hasn't done media regularly in in like a couple seasons he doesn't like doing that and mm-hmm. like if you're a head coach you're going to have to do that a lot more yeah a lot more so I think it's some of that the fact that he can concentrate and, and be just a defensive coach do what he loves to do I think that's huge and like I said he's already done the head coaching thing before it didn't work out. You know, make pretty good money at the end of your career, making more money than anybody else doing what you, yeah. what you what you're good at. I think that's the big thing. And look, people can talk about like head coach and all that, and you know, any power struggle or going back and forth. The fact of the matter is, is that Gus Malzahn lets him run that thing on defense. Right. He is basically the defensive head coach. Mm-hmm. And there's there's few places even a defensive coordinator is going to get that much money and that much power. It's going to be hard to do that at a head coach because if you're going to get a head coaching job at this point, it's probably going to be a team that needs to be a rebuilding effort and like. You know how much how much more does he have left until he retires? I don't know. I'm not Kevin yeah. Steele, but you would have to think
1: he is toward the tail end of his career. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe you get. My favorite uh, Kevin Steele talking point last off season was when it was announced that he was moving from the box to the sideline, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh no, this is a mistake." It's not gonna be as good. He's not gonna be able to see as much. It's like I think the guy knows what he's doing. I that, think I think he's gonna be okay.
0: And the fact and the fact that he was on the sidelines, you heard so many defense players last year talk about how big that was for them because now he is there. And Kevin Steele, fiery guy, very in in game emotions oh, yeah. run high. And like that, I mean, defense, man, it's about intensity, it's about effort, it's about getting that emotion out. And so when he was down there doing that, put some eyes in the sky. He's got those up there that he that he trusts, but him being able to be down there and do the adjustments, you know, not having to wait till halftime to be like, all right, guys, here we go, let's go to the board. It's like, no, let's do this right now. Yeah. That was a huge deal for Auburn, and uh, it ended up being a really good move.
1: All right, Justin, so we've gotten a lot of questions about the wide receiver position. I mean, we even met, you know, got the question about capers mm-hmm. uh, a few minutes ago, but – we talked about this last week, you know, in response to Zach Farrar leaving, entering the transfer portal. So you got Farrar that left this offseason, Marquise McClain, yep. Ja'Shawn Sheffield. Is there any cause for concern with losing three receivers in an offseason, or are they all kind of isolated, separate ish not I don't say even issues, just instances. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I
0: think I think you could call him isolated. The thing with Zach Ferrar is is that he's bounced around everywhere in his career. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time last season, and the path to playing time didn't look open this year because again like you didn't lose anybody like sal cannella and and jj wilson are the only real receiver types you lost last season and, the, and those guys yeah. themselves didn't. will get hastings was on there but will hastings i yeah. always forget will hastings new england well. patriot will yeah, hastings will, sure new, yeah but like think about it. those guys didn't get a ton of targets last season didn't You're get right. a ton of playing time you know, the core three is still back in in williams and schwartz and and stove and so the big key for auburn is like who's gonna be the next way behind those guys who's gonna be able to assist them this year and next year and then become the guys moving forward. And It's harder for the older guys to kind of step up. Sheffield, of course, it was off the field stuff with him. Sure, uh, and, 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 and there was talk with him. And McLean never at safety and, anyway. And McClain, yeah, and McLean never stuck. And look, man, we're talking about Matthew Hill possibly also playing defensive back. True. this season as well. So it's like they've got. I mean, they've recruited a ton of receivers. You know, we're, we have not seen Javarius Johnson yet, mm-hmm. right? We have not seen. Uh, we have not seen any of these freshmen that they that they picked up this year. So. They've got a lot of dudes still, and it's just a matter of like there's only so many balls to go around, and it's trying to kind of balance it out. You don't have so many upperclassmen receivers that are necessarily getting passed up in the in, in for playing time. So, uh, but it's going to be interesting because they've got a ton of depth. It's going to be who's going to step up, who's going to step up yeah. those guys.
1: And is it going to be are these freshman guys that we've mentioned? I mean, it seems like Cody Burns is very very high on these kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, are they going to be able to make an impact early on this season? I mean, with with you know, kind of how weird this off season is. I mean, this seems like the off season where it would be like this would be the worst time to put you know yeah. some freshmen in like really you know true roles at receiver.
0: Yeah, I think it would have to be a thing where you have to ease them in, I and mean, you're gonna to have to rely on your veterans early on. And on top of that, you've got to have them though. You've mm-hmm. got like, if you go if you go four wide, who's next? Like. You have some tight ends. Well, you probably
1: have a tight end at the slot at that point, right? Right.
0: So if you so you've got some tight ends that have a little bit of experience, but you know, I want to. I'll say this: the freshman receivers, somebody's going to have to step up, and I think any of them have an
1: opportunity to. We talked about. Hudson's the favorite, right? We would say
0: I would say Kobe Hudson's favorite, not only because he was the highest rated guy, but he was the only guy who enrolled early, so he's gotten a little bit of that background, that 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 foundation in the offense, in the playbook, and all that. And he's a
1: natural wide receiver.
0: He's really good.
1: I know he is. he's a
0: really good player, and like I don't want to give him the kiss of death, but like he reminds me a lot as a player of like what Matthew Hill was coming out of high school. Okay, because it was just like, oh, just get him the ball. Just get him the ball. He's going to do something. Like he's going to make plays, and it didn't matter if you put him at quarterback, if you didn't like if you put him wide receiver, you hand him the ball It was just going to do something. And so Hill hadn't really quite clicked there, like we said, he might be going to defensive back, but I really like Hudson in that spot. Can the- I give you a comp
1: for Hudson? But okay. I think go for it, Lockett, Tyler Lockett.
0: I like it. I like it at a K-State. lot. State and, and and Tyler Lockett is like one of my favorite players in in the NFL. Um, so I would, yeah. I mean, I, I, if you say Tyler Lockett, I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna be a star. Like, uh, no, yeah, I, and I'm not saying that. Let's like, see how he is as a return
1: man first. That's fair. That's <laughs> no, fair. But
0: uh, I think that's another option. I'm just saying, as far
1: as you know, a guy that you know, if you really want to target him a lot in the offense, I think he's gonna be really hard to cover one on one.
0: He's gonna be really hard to cover, and he's like on the smaller side. He's the he's you know, like I said, they got all these freshman receivers, and a lot of them are bigger dudes. Yeah. He's the he was the exception because he was just that good of a player. And like, yeah, like Lockett, he looks at me, he's like, he's not the prototypical small receiver where it's like, oh, you put him in the slot and just put him.
1: No, you can put him anywhere and just He's also six foot. It's not like he just got oh, five he's this yeah, guy's. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah, but he's not like he, he's not like, oh, big imposing receiver that you want to put up on the outside and yeah. and and you know, bow for the ball like you know, Seth Williams would be. But he can make those kind of plays like that because he he uses I mean, he's just a really he's just a really skilled guy, and like Lockett yeah. is, where the you know the Seahawks will split him out wide and they'll do stuff with him, and it's like that dude is taking a beating out there, and it's still coming up with catch after catch after catch. And if Hudson can be that type of dude, absolutely. I will say one thing though: we the one of the guys I'm really interested in. I mentioned him a little bit earlier is Javarius Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think he plays last year if he doesn't get hurt. Okay, Malzahn in what role? Super high on. Kind of like what Hastings was doing, like kind of doing some more of that, more of that stuff. I think when Auburn goes four wide, you you try to you try him out a little bit more, you know. And, and it, it might not have been like the red, like he might have played the four games to get to the red shirt, but really high on him. Super, super productive in high school. I mean, he's I mean, he's one of the most he's one of the most prolific receivers the state of Alabama has ever produced in terms of just yards. And I mean, he averaged I think it was like
1: remind me where he's out of Hewitt Trussell. That's right.
0: Okay. And so it's a really good program. I yeah, uh, no I'm, ki- I'm kind of biased cuz cuz my former my former uh, uh JV basketball coach is now is now the OC at uh, at at Hewitt-Trussell. Okay. Um and you know he's got yeah I, 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 that's the hookup I have with Armani Goodwin. You know, I can I can I can ask I can ask my buddy Juan if he sure. does that. But no, Hewitt-Trussell has been a great program and he just got a ton of de- I think it was we we dug it up. Nearly 20 yards of catch in high school. That's stupid. And nearly and nearly 20% of his touches we're touch, It was like 15, touchdowns. We're touchdowns. Like he just he just does it. Like he just scores. And he's got the background if he's had a year to get into the system. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit more of an advantage. And that's kind of the guy you are looking for. you got some big dudes. You got some dudes. You can play Is he out physical well.
1: enough to block? Because I mean we know that's how you get on the field. If that's the thing. Like
0: he's got a, He's got to He's got to do the fight. He's small. He's a small dude. But like I think if you're looking for you, know, you remember how in the 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 Stidham year, in seventeen especially, and yeah. you got a, you, you know he was hurt in eighteen, but like. Hastings was such a weapon that when they went four wide, it was like, all right, somebody's going to get open. Like, he could be that guy already. Like, he could go in and kind of play that role, and you need to find somebody who can kind of do that. Will
1: Morris do that more often, go four wide without putting a tight end on the field?
0: He is one of those guys that will go four wide, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of tight end. You're not going to see, I don't think you're going to see as much H back. As okay. you were going to see tight end, you'll see more guys on the line, in line tight end, or okay. maybe flex them out a little bit because you like, yeah. I mean, Morris loves his tight ends. It's like, but are is Auburn's personnel going to be ready to be the tight end? Like, are they going to be ready to throw to the tight end? Well, you time? lost
1: your H back, you know. So yeah. I mean, and,
0: they're, and, they're, and when national signing day, Malzahn mentioned J.J. Pegues as an H back, and I think that might be the role for him. Now he can play multiple positions. The goal is everybody can play everything, mm-hmm. right? But Pugliese seems like purposes, right? Pegues, yeah, for yeah. looks like the guy that like you can start him off with as a as an H back and just and just go for it
1: from there. Because I'm looking like they're going to lean down too, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I would but, think. But you know, everybody's saying it's and not to get off too far on a tangent. But like everybody's talked about, like when is Auburn going to have? When are they going to throw it to the tight end? When are they going to throw it to the tight end? And it was like. They didn't really A, they didn't really have the personnel to do it. And B, They were like they had really good personnel they didn't want to not have on the field. Like Chandler Cox, you wanted Chandler Cox on the field as much as possible. Sure. And he's not a tight end. He was a fullback. Last year, no disrespect to JJ Wilson, but Auburn's offense got a lot done with Spencer Nye on the field compared to like when he was off the, the field. The Swiss Army Nye. Yeah, and he could do everything. And so exactly he's kind of the he's kind of the transition there. And they've had John Samuel Shanker, but it's a matter of all right. Now let's put it all together and put it with, pair it with a, the with a guy who knows is going to put an emphasis
1: on it. Justin, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Where can people find all the stuff you're doing right now?
0: Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at jfergusonau. And like we said earlier, you can listen on Lunch Break, ESPNAU.com from 11 to 1 Central on weekdays. And uh, yeah, the podcast anytime you want it.
1: Awesome. Thank you, man. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked on auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn